Hi guys, James Wilson Taylor here for Rock Sound and welcome to another edition of the Rock Sound podcast where you can catch up with all our latest interviews. Today's guest is Justin Courtney Pierre. The brand new solo EP, The Price of Salt, is out right now. This is the follow-up to his previous release, An Anthropologist on Mars, and we talk a little bit about the writing and recording process over lockdown, particularly his love of collaboration. He's been working with so many different people on this project. Really exciting to see. We also, of course, talk about his work in Motion City Sound soundtrack particularly on that landmark album commit this to memory which the band were just doing a big anniversary tour for of course that had to be halted there are rescheduled dates for that on the way too and outside of that we also talk through his work on the latest against the current single he's actually a co-writer on the track again and again so there's a little bit about how that all came about too and as ever if you want to watch the video of this conversation it is up right now on the rock sound youtube channel just head over to our video call playlist right let's get to it shall we talking through the new ep the price of salt motion city soundtrack and so much more this is justin courtney pierre how are you justin i'm alive that's a start that's a start that is what we like to hear yeah 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 i'm i'm i I think i'm keeping it together i don't know i it's been a long life hasn't it Hasn't it just? That's a fair assessment, man, particularly the last year. And, uh, you know, before we get into everything, started all these out in exactly the same way, which is saying, I hope you, your family, loved ones, bandmates, all keep it as safe and as well as you can throughout the last 18 months or so. Um, And I guess just generally, before we get into loads of exciting stuff you've been up to, how have you found all this uh, kind of time at home, man? How have you been occupying yourself? I mean, you guys were meant to be out on the road, I guess, for a a lot of 2020. Yeah, I think there was... um... I'm trying to think uh it was like 2020 was a lifetime ago yeah uh, yeah because we were one of the lucky ones because we finished our tour and then i went to los angeles and recorded a few tunes and then i was just like watching the tv going like oh my god i gotta fly home and i was just terrified and i'm an anxious paranoid person to begin with so that you know that didn't really bode well for me um but yeah i think based on the strength of that tour in terms of by strength, I mean just that people were interested and they wanted to see us and they would come see us again. Uh, I think we had a couple of things booked and we were like, okay, we were looking at doing another tour. And then, um, yeah, everything that happened happened. Uh, but like I said, we were one of the lucky ones because I we know a couple of bands that it, like, you know, it's been a bunch of money on merchandise and things and then they're getting ready to go. And then, you know, nope. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, I, I can't, I cannot complain. Uh, my family just kind of hunkered down here at the behest of our doctor, one of our doctors due to the asthma, because my daughter and I both have asthma. And at the time, they said people with asthma are more at risk. And so lock it down. And so we did. And my wife and I tend to be more of um, introverts. And our daughter is an extrovert. And we forgot about that piece of information. So I feel like she was feeling it a bit more than we were. And then, and then once I realized that I was like, Oh, shoot. Um, but it's just like readjusting to things. When you're in like this dark cave, it's just weird. Like, it, it also feels really strange to talk about it in this way, because we were very fortunate that we had a cave to lock it down in. Oh, of course. Uh, so so yeah for us it's just been like okay how do we human again you know uh and that's at least for i mean i was never very good at it to begin with so 
It's just how do I human like uh, again? That's not even a sentence. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I get what you mean, though. I get what you mean. I think it's something that all of us have been contemplating, particularly as things start to get back to some version of normal, whatever we can call that. But it's been interesting. I'm glad to hear you know you guys were staying safe at least. Well, and 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 one interesting thing is that I think that there is never. I don't know if there ever will be another time where at least for, you know, and as I, as I'm about to say certain things, I sort of realize my privilege in saying it. And then I'm like, you know, shut the fuck up. I, I, I'll just say it anyway, but uh, there may never be another time where you're in that much close proximity with uh, your child. If you have the uh, privilege to work from home and sort of, you know, get to see this kid grow up as opposed to at least here, you know, we tend to shuffle them off to, you know, preschool or kindergarten. And then you, you see them in the morning for an hour or two and you see them in the evening for an hour or two. And trying, to, at least for me, like try, going through fits and starts of trying to just be present and aware and play on her level, which is exhausting, but it's also fun. And, and I don't know that we will ever get that chance again I don't know, trying to look on like a positive side of the thing. And that's, I don't know, that's maybe one positive. And just having these memories of like being in a blow up pool out in the backyard at, you know, two in the afternoon, screaming at the top of our lungs is kind of fun. Yeah, that's a nice silver lining to be able to hold on to for sure, man. Absolutely. And I'm glad to see that as well, you know, on, on the creative side, you've managed to make the most of this time and actually find find new avenues and stuff. You know, this solo work's been coming out there as the time of recording the second EP is kind of imminent here. And mm. uh, I guess my first question there is, is really how it started to develop the idea of actually putting together this music. But was this purely because you had some more downtime, like we're saying, and because the touring plans weren't happening? Or did you have ideas before that you're already earmarking for, yeah, this actually would make a nice little solo project for me? I tend to have lots of ideas at all times and maybe one sixteenth of them ever come to fruition. And so the idea was to finish this tour with Motion City and then start recording the next record. Because I put out... One in 2018 that Josh um, Josh Kane produced out of you know various rooms around Minneapolis and St. Paul over the course of a year. Like we just kind of whenever we had time we would put it together, and and then based on the fact that I could you know that we could pull it off, I was like okay I'm going to go for something a little bigger, and the idea had always been to like I sort of view Tom Waits as kind of the I, I I tend to take well a lot of his ideas as I perceive them and then see how I can integrate them into what I'm doing. And one of the things that I really liked was how he works with different musicians on different songs. And I don't, you know, I don't write that kind of music in that way that is timeless. And, and well, at least from my point of view, like Tom Waits is way up here and I'm, you know, somewhere else, but taking that concept and trying to figure out like, oh, I could do like five songs with these people and like putting together this band of like, what, what songs would work well with these people or what people would work well with these songs and sort of like sectioning it off. And I had always wanted to do this sort of like, I don't know, that was one part of it. And then like this guided by voices kind of alien lanes, just like compilation of a bunch of different things recorded on uh, different mediums and then intersplicing them all together 
and I just never got around to that because the first thing I did, everything got shut down after I recorded that first EP. Well, it became an EP. I guess since 2016, I'm, I'm going to kind of jump around a bit here, but oh, please. I have been sort of on this intuitive trip in following intuition more than anything. And I thought that that, that, that was a new thing, but it turns out that I think I've always been doing that. I just wasn't aware that I had always been doing that. And so now the awareness is there that this is what I have been doing and I should continue to do so, but I'm just doing it way more than I thought I ever had. And so Brett Gerwitz, like he produced the first EP, an anthropologist on Mars. And, and, and within like a month or two of the um, lockdown, he said, you should just put this, well, and I think even after we recorded it, he's like, you shouldn't wait and do a whole record. Just put this out, it's great as it is. I was like, I have like a I have a thing I want to do, Brett. I'm an artist, god damn it. And he, you know, he he was like, Well, all right, man, whatever you want to do, but I'm just telling you, it's great. You know, he's just he's just he's a very smart man. So it took me about seven months to come around to come around that idea. But then when I did, it just I don't know, it was like this more of like an appetizer or like a, a dessert or something. That's kind of what it felt like. And maybe just, you know, obviously like I'm trapped in this mindset of things whereas a lot more people are able to adapt uh and i think i fall somewhere between adapt or die it's like i adapt maybe 10 years after the fact uh and so in doing that and feeling how like i don't know it just it, it was a new thing for me and it was really fun and then I had all these other songs in these groups of people in this plan but then i had to kind of change it but then i thought well why don't i just why don't I just do EPs? And so I had another section of songs that I had already kind of worked through. And then uh, my friend, Thomas Rabine, um, he produced that, but it was a very different thing, which is The Price of Salt, because we had, to, it, like we recorded it during lockdown. And so I literally, let's see, the bass player and I were parked outside of a studio, running cable from our cars, playing inside of our cars while the drummer was, recording in the drum room and it was just like no wow. it was really fun and Tommy's a genius and he knows how to make just weird shit happen and some of it was usable most of it wasn't but at least we got the drums and we got to play live and it felt like a live thing but then he really just took all of these pieces of music from different people and amalgamate like and um what is it he like edited it together so I think on the credits he's 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 got editor in there as well because we just I, one of my favorite musicians is a guy named joe camerlengo and he's um from ohio and i always screw this up columbus i want to say columbus columbus ohio and he he maybe sent like 20 tracks per song and we had to like well tommy had to sift through it and find the pieces he liked and then he would like splice things together like it was such a weird opposite way to make music than the previous ep which was just four guys in a room playing live together. And, and then that got me going like, oh, this is really cool to just try to do different things every time. And, you know, I write the kind of songs I write, but in the way that I do it, that's where the excitement and the fun comes after having done a certain thing for a certain amount of time, a certain way, getting out of that and just, you know, trying different things and falling on your face um, is, exciting 
Did yeah. I answer questions there? No, I you don't... really did. You, well, you also answered what I was going to ask you next, really, because I think that's the interesting thing about this, particularly with the next EP that's about to come out. Um, like you say, you know, you you have a certain style, and this definitely has a lot of elements, particularly in the singles we've heard with Firehawk and Oxygen Tank. Like, you can definitely hear your previous work in there, because of course you can. But that, I think, is quite interesting. It seems to me that what has been keeping you going and really keeping you interested in making new EPs is the way you're making those songs. And like you say, the people you're working with, right? I guess yeah. that that is what's going to keep sustaining you. I mean, I take it it's worked out well with these two. Is there more EPs in mind? Do you see this being a kind of ongoing working process? I mean, I, until I'm told to stop, <laughs> that might be what it ends up being. But I will say that those first that first EP, I, I had those songs written before the Motion City tour, and they were. I think, I think in Portland, I remember we were in Portland, and I was just walking around before the show, and I wrote. I finally like I, I couldn't write the lyrics to the um, to Illumination, and then I remember I was walking around, just in the dark, and I finally like cracked the code, and I was so excited, and I think I showed it to Josh, and he was like. You know, with, without any context, it didn't really mean anything, you know, because words on a page can look good, but they might sound clunky. And words sung can sound good, but on a page, they look kind of silly. So, uh, but I just remember being really excited about that. Sorry, again, I forgot where we were going, but, oh, but yeah. And then with, um, you know, having a year, well, I was kind of like, I was bedridden for a year because I fucked up my back. And I, so I was kind of, I went through a weird 2020 that I had a year to kind of work on those, um, the second EP or the Price of Salt EP. And so, yeah, it's, I mean, I literally, I think I just finished that February, March, some, somewhere in March or April. So yeah, I haven't had any time to, to really like give in the same way that I did to those first two EPs to the various songs I, you know, demo and write on the daily. Uh, and when I say daily, it's not really daily. It's like fits and starts here and there when the kid's not yeah. screaming. Or <laughs> you got to fit it around life, man. You got to fit it all around real life now yeah. more than ever. Terrible at that. And like, I want to be better, but just the intention doesn't necessarily translate into real life. And, uh, that's a whole other story. <laughs> very, very true, man. Very true. But no, it's exciting to see you get to play with new elements and stuff and kind of mix in with new people, particularly with these EPs. And I actually, I wanted to mention as well, just briefly, I guess, some of the stuff you've done outside of this, because I, I noticed just the other day, Against the Current are a band that we cover all the time and we've supported for a very, very long time. Very, very cool to see you worked on that, that latest track again and again as well. How did that collaboration come about? And what was it like actually working with them? That was nuts. I think I like I was in the midst of like just being in insane amounts of pain. I think God, I can't remember. It might have been the I think it was the pain of like recovering from surgery right. and having to learn to like kind of walk again. Um, it's just so hard to get in and out of bed without like I was like tearing the stitch whatever. Uh, but so yeah, I was still miserable. But I think I was on the road to recovery, and I think. Um, Johnny, I want to say Johnny Minardi sent me like a, a message on Instagram and just asked if I'd be interested in working on something. And I think it was kind of vague. Ah, I'm, a hor I'm horrible with memory. Uh, but it was just sort of like, you know, blast from the past. And 
And I was like, oh my God, yeah, that would, why not? That'd be fun. Send me the music. And so he sent me the band and I was like, holy shit, this band is great. Really? You want me to, you know, like, what can I add to this? And and then I think somewhere, and then another blast from the past, uh, I got hooked up with their manager, uh, Gabe Supporta, who I, we used to, like, we toured with back in the day, especially there was this one Reggie tour in, in a very drunk state. I think I took a swing at him uh, at, at some point. So it was, it was really, like, in a while to come back to that and go like, oh shit, yeah, all right, I'm gonna put it together. Um, but yeah, so I talked with them for a bit, and then I got uh, put in contact with Chrissy, and we, um, I had a really good conversation. And I think when I sent my take on the song in, I might have been a little too heady, but I was very excited that you know, there was something in there that they liked and actually took both words and melody. But I mean, they, you know, she can write a melody and she's, yeah, she's, she's pretty amazing. So I didn't want to like, you know, I, I don't really know what people do who write for other people or with other people. But my take is that if it's already almost there, don't get in the way of it. You know, it's not, I mean, you know, I'm sure there's a business aspect where the more you write and the more that's yours, the more you get. But I'm a terrible business person and I'm much better or I'm much more interested in like the art being good, um, <laughs> even though I could use the cash. Uh, but that was really fun. And I fucking love that song. And I think it's really great. And I, I'm just excited that I have a new band to like, and they're like a younger band and they remind me of the old days and the new, like, it's this really cool thing. Like they're, I don't know. I, yeah. And I'm, I'm, well, I'm not surprised that I hadn't heard them before because I just, I stopped listening to music in 96, but, uh, um, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. It, it was a really fun, really cool experience. And I hope to do more of that because it's, I don't know, it's it's oddly way more, it's easier to write for, for and with other people than it is for myself. And I think because I put so much pressure on it being a specific thing when it's mine versus when it's someone else's, I can just kind of let it come out and sort of write toward an idea. I think having a box to fit in, whether imaginary or real, um, that there's something in that that is helpful to me in my brain because whenever there's no box and it's just a blank page of piece of paper i find it hard to there's like too many options no 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 that makes a lot of sense because you can do it you take it take it out of yourself and apply it to something new and have a, a kind of different canvas to play on it's going to make a lot of sense and yeah it's going to be a little bit less pressure i, th I thought that you know, that collab is fantastic. I'm, like I say, I'm a big fan of Against the Current anyway, but I always like it when they play that particular style that you're known for as well. And when they bring out those guitars a lot more, it just, it just works so well. And uh, yeah, yeah. Real, real big tune, that real big tune. It was cool to see your oh, there. Like some of the stuff I've been like working on, like some of the stuff I put out when I play like one of my songs compared to that, it just sounds like a demo. It's, it's pretty, oh. it's like, holy shit. Like how did, yeah, I don't know. But again, I'm, I'm doing my little thing here. On this side. Hey, it's more than a little thing, man. It's very, very cool. No, we're excited to see what you've been up to, dude. It's all good. I'm just saying like, uh, I understand what it is that I'm doing and I cannot not do that. Sure. Well, it's interesting as well. Like, like we say, you know, there's definitely, I can hear a lot of Motion City stuff in, in the sort of stuff, as you might imagine. Um, 
And I, I think what's particularly interesting is before that tour got curtailed, it was largely, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, it was largely really in kind of celebration. Of, it was the 15 years of Commit This to Memory, right? I mean, well, 2020 was 15 years of Commit This to Memory. Um, but I know you, I, I know like tour-wise and everything, that was sort of something you guys were at least marking a little bit in there and, and was gonna, in, when it was gonna continue. Um, I guess my question is looking back on that album in particular, as I guess you guys will have done to an extent with that tour, uh, did that unlock anything for you? Because that was such a key time for the band, clearly, and obviously one of the biggest moments of your success. How was it reflecting on on that record and the success of that time in particular when you're playing those songs afresh? I don't do a whole lot of reflecting until I'm asked to, and so <laughs> now I'm reflecting. Well, here we go. About it. I think when I was younger, like I remember, sorry, this is going to be long-winded, but um, I did not understand why anyone liked the song The Future Freaks Me Out as much as they seemed to. And I still like I still think it's a goof, like I like it, but it is very goofy. And I think at the time I was trying to be a little more serious, but I liked everything from like Ben Folds and Pavement to, you know, the Carpenters, the Tom Waits to uh, a Sunny Day Real Estate, Jawbox. So, it, you know, I think I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place. Uh, and then I think as I got older, I started embracing the goofy more, um, especially like if you look, I think, anyway, sorry, I'm kind of jumping around, but uh, this memory, I think is less goofy than either I'm the movie or even if it kills me at times. Um, and so I think, I think, how do I answer this question? At the time, it seemed a bit more, I was going through some serious shit. And so there was some serious stuff in there. There is some humor, but there's a lot of sadness too. It's just a really, um, all of these factors coming together at the same time created that thing. And I don't know that that thing could ever be recreated in any way, especially if you try to do it. Uh, and so in thinking about it, you can either go the road of those assholes that refuse to do the thing that they're most popular for, or you could go the road of like continuing to do it as many times as you can, because the people who put you where you are in terms of fans like that thing that you did or do. And so why not give them the thing that they like? I don't know, that, that's sort of my quick in the moment assertion of it. Mm. But I will say that we all as a band really love that album. And it's, 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 yeah, it's just, it's part of our DNA in a way that maybe some others aren't as much all the time. Yeah. Other albums kind of come and go and like, oh, I remember this. And for me, it's more of the mental state I was in during the writing and the creation of it that I remember. And so it's kind of hard. Some albums are harder than others to, you know, be with you. But that that one was a real transitional period for me going from uh, drunk to sober. You know, for the first time, yeah. really trying to do it. 
Yeah, no, it's an interesting period in life. But I guess one one of the reasons I do bring it up as well is because, uh, you know, we've been talking about how through these EPs, the the joy of it for you was getting to work with lots of different people and in lots of different styles. And even now we see you working on other stuff with the likes of Against the Current, like we've said, that collaboration seems to be such a key thing of what you do across all aspects. And with that record in particular, I mean, it's a couple of really key collaborators on there. You have Mark Hoppers behind the production desk, obviously, which is the amazing, amazing person to have there and guiding through that record. And then um, your old friend Patrick Stump as well popping up on on a track, which is, again, just a lovely, lovely little meeting, particularly after, you know, there's history there and you've obviously appeared on his work in the past as well. Um, I guess just a little bit, if you will, about, about collaboration, particularly on that record, I guess with those two, really, because it is... It, it did set the scene for something that you clearly enjoy so much still in your work today, which is working with all manner of different people from across the scene and across the music world. Yeah, I do tend to think in terms of film more than music still to some degree, because that's where I wanted to be originally. And um, I was just reminded of this. I've said this so many times, but uh, I always thought of myself as a failed filmmaker up instead of a musician up into around even if it kills me my dinosaur life and i'm just really and it's it, you know <clears throat> it was a very backhanded thing to say but it wasn't meant that way but i know to josh and and people who did like so much work to get us to this point it seemed very flippant but it was and maybe it was just a way of protecting myself from failure i don't know but then somewhere around there i was like okay you know what i am a musician but it just seemed so like like art and music, uh, yet film is different. I don't know why. Uh, sorry, this is all to say that I love, like in film where, you know, I what's a like, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, of course, but you've got a director and an actor and they do a movie and then, then the next one, like there's a, a just a, an uncredited role, like a, one word or two, you know, like those kind of things. And I just love that just kind of throw it away um, to some degree. And with Patrick, I know that on their first album, because we've known them for a long time. And it, Josh just did an interview that I think I was a part of, but he did most of the talking because he remembers things. Uh, and he was talking about how we did it. We did a show with them in a movie theater. And I think Patrick was just singing and they, I don't know, it was a different version of the band. And Josh's hot take was like, wow, that band was a mess, but their singer is great. And then, you know, they got it together and they sorted it all out and they are what they are. But at the time that their first record was coming out, they were working with Sean O'Keefe, who was also somebody who had made our, an EP that we did with um, the original capital H. Um, what else is on it? Sorry, Throwdown and Back to the Beat, I think, were the three songs on that. It came out on a Shotzi split, a split with a band called Shotzi. And at, and so I was asked to sing, I think Patrick asked me to sing on their record. And I remember going there and hearing the song and then quickly going out and like the parking lot and then writing some lyrics and then going in and singing it. And then that was it. And I, and then when it came out, I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Um, and so for, for me, it was more like payback. It's just for fun. It was it was literally just like, hey, do you want to do this? I think it'd be fun because I did one for you, you one for me, whatever. And so I wrote him the the lines, and I, you know, to this day I feel like people are still some people still don't know that it's him, which is really weird because he's got such a distinct voice. 
Um, but even more so than that is at the end of the song, we got the two guys from uh, Limbeck singing the outro, which are the names or were the names of their first two releases. Um, Hi, everything's great and hey, everything's fine. Hey, everything's fine was a live version of Hi, everything's great. And that, I don't know, that's the kind of shit. And I guess I should, I should have just kept it a secret, but I think I may have talked about this before. But to me, that's just fun, stupid shit to do. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I love doing that stuff. Uh, I think I did more of it when I was younger. And then it kind of, I don't know, it just kind of went away. But now I think I'm getting back into it and I'm trying to weave weird little stories in and out. I don't know if you, do you remember the movie Mulholland Drive when David Lynch put that out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like at some point, it might have been when it went on DVD, uh, the like mid 2000s, he said like, there is a, there is a, there is a code to this and you must find it or whatever, you know, like uh, if you figure this out, like we had all these questions and things like, it's not as cryptic as that, but I have really tried to create a story of interconnectedness with EEPs so far. And if I keep doing that, like I, I, it's like I both know where I'd like to go if I continue, but I also want to make sure that it's, it's kind of like writing a season of a, a show. Like you've got the beginning and the end and it is a cohesive thing. But if you were to continue, there's this other, there's this much stuff that you can, you know, do. And so trying to do that all at once is a bit mind uh, fatiguing, but it's also really fun. It's kind of why I like making art. Uh, did I answer a question there or was I just going you off? Absolutely answered a question there. No, that is really, really interesting. I'm glad to see that, you know, that that it's it's just nice to see you being able to try out new stuff, but also it's it's always with a nod to the past there and what you've kind of liked, what you've enjoyed about your past, I suppose, and bringing in that new, new era for yourself. It's just really exciting to see, man. Long may it continue. And uh, hopefully, I mean, I know you guys were meant to be at Slam Dunk, weren't you? But hopefully uh, yeah. just when everything's allowed, you can get over here for some shows, right, I guess? Yeah, our, you know, we've got, I think we've got two shows in September here in the States, which seems a bit more uh, probable. And then, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's like, I keep seeing and reading things and I don't know how much of it is like paranoia, how much of it is just being safe. Like I, you know, so I'm cautiously optimistic that, you know, we'll even go on to it, but you know, I'm going to prepare for it. And if it doesn't happen, at least I'll know how to play and sing a little better than I do now. Yeah, absolutely. Get get some extra rehearsal time in at least. So that's yeah. something that can tick that box, man. But yeah, look forward to seeing you on the stage when we can, man. Take care of yourself till then, all right? Thank you again to Justin for that conversation. And like I said before, the video is up right now on the Rock Sound YouTube channel. And do make sure you hit subscribe to the Rock Sound podcast. This is where you will be able to hear audio from all our latest interviews. Recent guests include Lee from Born of Osiris. We've had Mana Skin. We've had Machine Gun Kelly, Tom DeLong, Frank Iero, loads and loads of amazing, amazing guests available now on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, really. Uh, we'll be back very soon with a brand new episode. But until then, I have been James Wilson Taylor, and thank you for listening to the Rock Sound Podcast.